This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, I'm Ryan. Hi, I'm Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Are we doing our NPR thing again, Steve? This week on 60 Cycle Hum. Electric guitars and the boys who like to touch them. Amps, FX, basses. Is, does NPR even do stereo that sort of thing anymore? The Ira Glass thing? Well, I'm, if you were listening to This American Life, sure. Do they still do that show? I think so. I don't have a long... Yeah, yeah, they do. I listened to an episode. Not I don't so have long. a commute anymore, so I don't listen to NPR anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's I think it's really like... I think, honestly, like at least the NPR or NPR-style podcasts I listen to are actually... Uh, the hosts are predominantly women. Well, that's just because that's your thing, Steve. It's definitely possible. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of like, I guess like the the... Male hosted programs I listen to are uh, Freakonomics. Uh huh. Radio is that Lab. NPR now? No, Freakonomics is actually part of the Stitcher network. Mm. Um, Radio Lab, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure who they're affiliated with. Ninety nine percent invisible, and probably a couple others. The- who cares? Let's move on to guitar stuff. <laughs> What's new, Ryan? This is a dumb and boring way to start an episode. Just like start with almost no energy at all. Well, we start like, we started way... it on the riff, and you're like, "Oh, is NPR? Does NPR still exist?" Oh man, sorry for everyone tuning in for the first time. We are way higher energy than this. No, we're not. Uh, what's new, Steve? What's new is that I'm giving you two gifts oh, that my wife you. and I should, I. should I open this now? Yeah, that my wife and I picked for you like a year and Ms. a half Santa ago. Santa says Steve, and forgot to give to you. Even for Shut our up. most recent Christmas. Ambassador Spock. You're going to love the next one. Oh, man. It's, it's old Spock. I like how I'm opening it back. Oh, Hell yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Loxana Troy. That's the best one of the bunch right there. We found these at a uh, thrift store or something, and my <laughs> wife was like, should we give these to Steve? I was like, yes, we should definitely give these to Steve. This has the uh, Greatest Generation hated purple Playmates accessories. Uh-huh. This one is this one is all orange. You know the, the head on this box in the show was, that was Armin Shimmerman, who plays Quark in DS9? Oh, really? Yeah, that was his first, I believe, his first Star Trek role. Like, once you get no, in- it wasn't his first Star Trek role. Once you get into the Star Trek, like... Uh- like character actors role, like you show up all the time yeah. after that. Well, and then yeah, they just when, have your they have your their, your number in the rolodex, you know. Yeah. 
The, I'm, I've collected so much Star Trek stuff through this show. I know, right? Because, like, last year, I think it was last year, like, two years ago, maybe, like, was when Ryan Rataski from Frozrocious oh, sent yeah. me a bunch of Star Trek stuff. It's like we're living vicariously through the greatest generation. You need to take Instagram photos no, of this yeah. and tag the greatest and tag generation. Triggers, and I'll yeah. post in the Facebook group, too. Totally. For sure. That's, I totally that's forgot hilarious. about these until my wife reminded me about them. Yeah, she said you guys just, or she just like, or you found it like in a closet or something. Yeah. Like of last week. Ridiculous. I love this one though. <laughs> Troy's mom. <laughs> All right. She's the worst character. It's new, it's, it's new in box, man. <laughs> I don't know if this qualifies as new in box. It's pretty mangled on the edges. It's yellow in box. The plastic is aged by cigarettes or something. Yeah. How do you how do you do that? I definitely vote that you open these boxes and play with the toys. I had Steve. a I had a Jordy LaForge when I was a kid. There he is right there. I'm not sure if that's the one I had. You had a better Jordy? Um, I'm trying to see what's... I think I had this one, the Lieutenant JG Jordy LaForge, the red uniform. Well, you got a different back of the box there. Yeah. This one's a lot more limited. Yours back of the box on that one has way more characters. I wonder wonder uh, which one... This must be pre-board because that one's got the Borg on it. Oh, good. See, this has one star point on it. Oh, dang. One star point. This has no star points on it. Oh, sucker. This one is from 1993. Where do you see the... This one is from 1994. Yeah. What? This one's later? Yeah, but only by like a year. It's just different series. But this one has the board. This one says new. This one's old. This one is Lieutenant Commander Data in movie uniform. What? This one's got. There's Guinan in this collection, too. We're way (laughs) off topic, and that's okay. This one's got Captain Scott on it. Weird. I never looked at those closely enough to see all the weirdness going on. Yeah, that is this like this. So Admiral McCoy is from the very first episode. Also, this has like the newer spaceship art on it too. That's got the old concept art, and this has the actual like show art. But it's only like a year apart, and the show started in 1987. I know, dude. I don't know. So it's not like like both of these came out after the show was pretty much done right so weird like this one actually says on the back coming soon star trek deep space nine action figures and accessories so this is like like overlapping yeah that's them phasing it out weird that that one has the old spaceship on it well it is older it's from 1993 right right. apparently between 1993 and 1994 they figured out how to make more realistic graphics apparently like they finally got (laughs) The licensing for that what it is photo. is what it is is this is two hundred and fifty six colors. Oh, shut up! This <laughs> call is back the last twenty four bit. What's new with you in your gear life, Steve? Nothing. Hashtag dude. gear life. What's new? What's new with you and your gear oh, life? We, I discussed in between episodes. We record two episodes a night. Everyone who listens know that. Someone's having a bath upstairs. No big deal. Um, I was talking to you about your Les Paul that you yeah. just bought. I think you should put a tortoise pit guard on that thing. I think it would look so good. Like if you could, could like that clear, like, like large cell, right? Like semi-transparent pit guard on there. It would look so I, classy. I don't know why you'd have to drill holes for it, which is the bummer. Yeah, that that's that. 
I think there actually are like dr like drillless mounts where the pick guard attaches directly to the pickup mounts. You still have to drill into the side of the body because that little metal clip. No, I think down. with those you just don't even have a clip. It just it floats. floats? Yeah. I've never seen that. I saw I saw like a link to it today, actually. Interesting. I'm not saying that it's like a good solution or that it's stable. I'm just saying that I think I saw it. That is possible. That's interesting. But if I owned that guitar and knew for sure that I was going to keep it, I might be looking for that sort of option. Right. Because it would give it that like Prince Honer Telecaster vibe. sort of look. Yeah, yeah. that vibe. Um, new in my gear life. I mean, this isn't new to anyone who follows the YouTube channel, but I, Oh, you're going to talk about your YouTube channel, Ryan. I know it's a big bummer. Every time mm. I do that, no one wants to hear about demos. No one wants to hear about that side of it. Um, but anyways, uh, I fried my katana. Like I completely killed it. If I, if you, if you listen to this show and you are not in the Facebook group, not following us on Instagram, and not following us on YouTube, shoot me an email, 60cyclehomegast at gmail.com. Steve will send you know, stickers. I want to know how you found us. Yeah, I'll send you stickers. I'll send you stickers and pics. <laughs> no freaking joke. And if you're to lying, the first person, to the, to first, the first person. person. That's right. The first person. Not every person. Yeah, that's, that's a lot lying. of persons. That's a liar. Now, the first person that's not lying, I will send stickers and pics. But what I was going to say is I'm not going to talk about how I fried it because everyone probably already knows that already. I'm going to talk about the fact that uh, people were asking me if it works with the headphones. And yes, it does. Yeah. And then the other thing is that a ton of people uh, posted links to this, uh, this forum on uh, – Why did it? we think the last episode was coming out in 2019? It comes out on New Year's Eve. Oh, well, whatever. Who cares? New Year's Eve is basically the next year. Yeah. Right. Um, so this is the first episode of 2019. We should just, delay, deal. We should just delay it a day. Big deal. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I don't know. People were, people were sending me this link to this to this blog post on V something. Uh, v, it, v, yeah, it's like V Forum. V Forum is for like Roland's amplifier. Yeah. It's, so it's because the it's, – I think the it started as the V drums. Oh, okay. A Roland V-Drum, and I think it kind of just expanded into being all Roland products. And so it's it's about this component that can fry when you do what I did to the Katana. Right. And people apparently have successfully replaced it. Uh, you've got to desolder and resolder like 11 pins. But the component itself is kind of big. Yeah. It's large enough that I think I could do it. So I, or I ordered the component. I was thinking that actually might be the component that's inside of the heat sink. It is. Okay. It is. So it's easy to access. Have you pulled that, tried to pull that thing out yet? Not yet. Because I have, if that's the component that's gone, it might be visibly damaged. Right, too. right. Um, so maybe we'll check that out after the show. Okay. It'll take like a minute to open that thing. Cool. Um, so yeah, I ordered the components. They're like two bucks each. So I ordered two of them just in case I screwed up in my soldering and ruined oh it i mean i'm paying more in shipping than in two right. components so i might as well i ordered it through ebay through some store that's in china so it's gonna be here in a month and a half yeah right <laughs> it's it's currently on a boat so um i'm looking forward to fixing it eventually though or attempting to fix it uh various contacts from boss have already hit me up and been hey hey like we'll take care of you no matter what happens here, so don't okay. worry about it. But I kind of want to go on this journey of trying to fix it. 
We should um we should make a video where we say that oh Ryan's attempted his repair and then we put like some like tiny detonator inside of it. So when you turn it on, what we actually do is we remote trigger like the the detonator and so your amp just goes up in flames. <laughs> or it should like legitimately explode it with like dynamite. No, you gotta make it look like you're so bad at repairing amps. Oh yeah, you could explode it with dynamite, but it's gotta just be like part of like the the thing like Alright, we're gonna try to turn it on now. You turn it on, you're like, huh. Nothing happened, and then it just explodes. If I break it to the, if I can't repair it, and it's to the point where it's done, I'll do something to it. People have been encouraging. I'll us torch to, it, or I'll explode it. People have been encouraging us to go back to the, uh, the, uh, take Camino, it to the Camino Santa Fe bridge. They and want throw, us to throw ta- some more gear off. They of want there. us to take it to the bridge. Take it to the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's new with me. I don't think I have anything else new, right? No, I don't and we're all do set. Either. I mean, we got these Star Trek boys We should here. just crack these open here and like stack them up on the back. Like, they just be like little. Uh, do you have, you do have a desk at work? You don't want to put them up? Oh, desk I put up, my desk is a nightmare. But yeah, I can find some space. I'll, these I'll will figure it out. these will make them a, a dream instead uh, of a nightmare. Life Steve. would be sweet. I do need some sort of little novelty shelf in here though to put mm. my plumbus on and a few other. Oh little yeah, you have a plumbus. Knickknacks. Right. Well, everyone has a plumbus, Steve. But how do they do it? I don't know. <laughs> All right, this first ad was sent to us by Alex Ray. I wonder if he's related to Link Ray. This is a custom tricky. Rustic Bodilly Biocaster, $600 in Prairieville. Just finished this custom rustic Bodilly style guitar. It's made from an antique piece of pine slab and is very resonant. Has a DiMarzio blues bucker installed with two push pull pots. With the two push pull pots, you're able to get four tones out of one humbucker. The volume pot puts the humbucker in series and parallel. The tone pot works as a normal tone pot, but also has two different sized tone caps installed for brighter and darker sound when pushed or pulled. I made a cool custom set of Remington knobs to go along with the rustic look. Switchcraft jack mounted into an electro socket Wilkinson half bridge. Uh, sorry, switchcraft jack mounted into an electro socket. Period. Wilkinson half bridge. Thank you for facing your punctuation, Steve. It's funny because I read through it because I I didn't see. I'm kind of like half it's looking not through. It's funny. Don't explain it. I'm half looking through my, my microphone. No, it's not funny. It's just like what level of nerd I operate on that I read it as electro socket Wilkinson. I went, that's two different brands. That doesn't make any sense. All right. Uh, half bridge, Wilkinson Half Bridge with brass compensated saddles. Really nice flame maple neck with a rosewood fretboard that's been lightly aged. Nine and a half inch radius. C profile with 21 medium jumble frets and a tusk nut. Vintage style stagger tuners. Great playing guitar with a one of a kind look. It weighs in at a comfortable seven pounds, four ounces. I'm asking $600 or trade for other guitars or amps. Possible trades considered for other guitars or amps. If you have a trade offer, please send pics and info for your trade. I will not respond to, is this still available? If it's listed, it's still available. That is a lot of reading, Steve, considering the only reason we took this ad is so that I could lead up to the joke that if you're going to buy you this Bayou Caster, you should just buy you something else. Looks dumb to me. <laughs> I feel like if you're going to get a Bodilly guitar, if you're going to make one, Make it square. Make it a rectangle. Don't put well, these you know, weird Ryan, edges like, on it. It's got these weird edges on it because making a Bodilly, a Bodilly guitar apparently is tricky, just like it is tricky to rock a rhyme. To rock a rhyme that's right on time? It is tricky. Hmm. Uh, and so apparently is just making this thing look like the state of Utah. I don't get 
like taking a bodily concept and then trying to put upper and lower horns on it. Like so much of this, I'm on board for. I'm on, I'm on board for, on board for bodily style guitars. Mm-hmm. Like I love the stripped down, like just basic concept of here's a here's a rectangle with a neck on. I it. I like the idea that this is just some old ass pine slab. I would I do like that too. That it's like just some like rough piece of wood with a finish over it. I would have been more fine if they only did the lower cut and made the top horn flat, flat. or like right angles. Yeah, right angles. Yeah, I can see that. It's just too much. It's too much tinkering with a classic design, and there's too much tinkering in other directions too. Like it doesn't need novelty knobs on it. It doesn't need knobs on it at all. Well, it needs some. Well, it needs something on it because the guy installed push pull pots and you need something to grab onto. All right, all right. You could, you, there's enough to pull onto, to grab onto with a regular knob. He doesn't need to have Remington shotgun shell sure knobs sure. on it. But like there's to, enough character going on with this guitar that you he's don't trying have to, do to that. emphasize that Bayou caster thing. You know, it's like this is a this is a hillbilly guitar. It's made out of a piece of wood that's been sitting in the swamp, and all he had laying around was a. Uh, some old shotgun shells that he spent an afternoon filling with plastic resin. Right. And well, exactly. Precisely drilling a hole out of it so that it could be a knob. It's not like you can just grab a shotgun shell and shove it on there and like, oh, that'll work. Like the, uh, you kind of lose well, the Well, that's why it's there. tricky, Ryan. I don't know. I just think it's kind of a dumb design. What do you think about the If it plays great, that's awesome. What but do you think about there's the no lower way... horn having that like uh almost like a the contour to it. Yeah, I feel like stuff like that betrays the concept of this. Mm. Of a of a Bodidly guitar. It should just be a slab. Right. And you fuss you, here's the thing, you fuss with it too much and you lose the soul. Right. And he, I think he lost the soul of this. That's just my criticism. What do you think, Steve? Would you buy this for $600? The way I said $600 should indicate that you shouldn't, Steve. No, I would not. What's your top dollar on this? $250? The number that popped in my head was $125. And that's the value value of a part's neck right there. That's what I'm valuing it at, at the, the value of its neck. I don't know where the neck came from, but there's no way he built that neck, right? It's a parts neck. Yeah, no, he's. I'm pretty sure he says it's a parts neck. If he didn't, he's a liar. No, I guess he just has really nice flame maple neck. Yeah, there's no way he built that neck. Because if he had built this neck, it would have all sorts of bizarre appointments oh, in it. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> I made the frets out of raccoon bones or something. We killed it. We killed the sad. We've got nothing left to say. Topic? Right, cool. I'm going to take a nap. It's nap time, says Steve. Uh, this first topic was sent to us by Emily Harris, uh, who I've become apparently so familiar with that in my notes, I originally just wrote Emily. Mm-hmm. Uh, first name basis. Yeah, first name basis. Basically, she You can won- check out her podcast. She, yeah, the Offset. Get Offset. Get off Offset. Podcast. It sounds like it's very aggressive. How do you get Offset? Yeah. Get offset. Um, what basically she wants to know what we think the trendy effect of 2019 is. Well, what was the trendy effect of 2018? 
And maybe we can use that as our jumping off point. Um, I think it's like some kind of like boosty tone shapey thing. You had the condor. I think it's reverbs. You had what other reverbs were there? Because I'm thinking you got con. Hold on, you got condor. Granted, two of these will be from the same company, but you got condor from from uh, Chase. Yeah, and then you've got the um, emissary and the DefCon Four from Walrus. Yeah. But the DEFCON 4 is kind of its own special thing. A, and then also the Benson preamp came out last year in 2018. Yeah. So that's like four basically like cleanery, boostery type things. A ton of reverbs came out though. Did they? All yeah. I, all I can think Ocean's of is 11. Uh, did the Ocean's 11 come out last year? Yeah. This last year. I already forgot about uh, that. Dark that World. Product. Okay. That. True Spring. I mean, these are just reverbs that I played with. Right. The uh, the drip from TC Electronic. Weren't there a bunch of other reverbs that came out from other companies? Like I don't know. Every single year, every pedal maker is trying to put out a thing that they think people will buy. I think I can't remember a year where it was like, oh man, it's the year of fuzz. It's just all fuzzes, or it's the I mean, year. What about it's the year of tremolo? It's all tremolos. What about uh, it was just twenty eighteen? Just the year of the helix? Probably. Just all helixes all year. Yeah, helix, helix, helix. Everyone helix, just helix, exploring helix. patches. You know, that, I mean, that, there's something to be said that 2018 has been kind of the year of impulse responses, like people really screwing around with impulse responses and like new boxes that host them and I things like that. I don't have any impulse response type things. Steve, you're nothing but impulse responses. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Steve responds to all his impulses. <laughs> yup. Are we the first people to make that joke? I hope so. I mean, I've never heard it before. I don't know, but do you think there's any uh, any void in the market that needs to be filled? I don't think there's a void. I don't think there is. Is there a vacuum? I don't think there's been a void in the market for a long time. Yeah, it seems like everyone's made everything. I think what what happens is you have maybe si- one thing you have takes like off. style cycles where like just certain sounds like some artist makes a sound and then everyone is like I want to make that sound. Mm. And they so they start trying to figure out like how do they make that sound. And then people go out and you know it's it usually like a lot of the time it probably starts with something generic, you know, it's it's oh they made that sound with a big muff pie. And then, you know, every builder is like, well, I need my version of the Big Muff Pie now. Like, right. what's my take on it? And so everyone starts putting that out. And I think that's really how, like, something gets trendy, trendy-ish. So, you know, the thing, I think maybe the reason I would say Reverb wasn't the thing for 2018. Didn't JHS come out with a spring tank this year? Oh, I don't know. Did they? And then uh, uh, Wampler came out with the, the Faux Spring Mini. So maybe that's what it is, is it's not, it's There's like been a bunch of those that, like belt and brick style reverbs right, come out the so past year. Maybe what it is, is that it's not just like the idea that reverb is like the effect of 2018, but like simple reverb with the exception of the dark world that like early simpler reverbs, because I feel like re, like to me, peak reverb was maybe like 20, I don't know, 24. 14, 2016. I mean, when like, all that Strymon big stu- box stuff started coming exactly. out, like people were going crazy for that stuff, but it was all programmed reverbs with shimmers and all sorts of different settings well, and, and stuff also like, like that. different shimmers and like with all your different shim- sh- shimmery, shim Walrus came out with the Fathom this year. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, there's been a lot of reverbs. 
this year. A lot of reverbs. All right. Well, there are a lot of reverbs in 2018. Maybe 2019 will be D-verb. D-verb? Yeah. Is, it, is that like a... We already decided that, that 2019 like a, is the year of bending over and touching your knobs. Though. That's like a D-verb. Isn't that like a... What if that just Like be a compressor? Like a, no, not a compressor. It would be like a... An expander? A noise... A uh, noise gate? A noise gate. Just like you got your reverb, but you then it just like cuts off like way faster than you think it should. It's like starts to fade and it's just... Yeah, it felt like every month Every month last year had a new reverb. Isn't that just like a gated reverb? Like a it duck. is a gated reverb. You put that on your drums. Yeah, so it's a D-verb. That's what they need to call gated reverb now is a D-verb. D-verb. Yeah. Well, it's verb to verb. Verb to verb? Verb to verb. <laughs> reverb, D-verb. Um, man, what are some underrepresented effects? Like, I feel I feel like chorus was a big thing for a while. Fuzz has always been a big thing. There's every company comes out with six fuzzes. I could see chorus making another round soon. Or Maybe like more similar. Someone suggested people, it, someone people, in the group suggested flanger would be the effect of 2019. It's such a specific. It is. I feel that way about though. phaser too. Like phasers, maybe a little too specific. Phaser though, like phaser plays well before dirt in like a Van Halen sort of way, where it's like it's kind of just there below the mix. It's not right. on top of the mix the way flanger can be, or flanger. Or what flanger. about wah? We're overdue for some wah. We got. When was the last time there was a like a fresh run of like boutique wah stuff? With like, was the last time like the her, whole like vertex debacle? I haven't. I don't feel like I've seen like custom was or like small batch was in forever. Well, um, I know a few years ago, like I'm not sure how long ago was when BYOC came out with their wall kit. Yeah, but as far as like a big push for was, I don't feel like anything new has happened in the wall world since like this. The, the wall world since like the the I've been as a weeping demon. <laughs> The biggest deal for me for Wah is the Crybaby Mini, yeah, oh, which is like yeah. it's great just because it's small and it sounds like a Wah and it feels like a Wah, and I have I have no desire to ever have a Wah that's bigger than that. Wah wah. I will wah, not wah, buy wah. a Wah that is bigger. So than So do you that think Wah is a contender or Wah's Wah's out? Here's what could happen: someone could look at a Wah pedal and be like, "I've got." I mean, Jay Jess was going to do the seesaw. Which was going to have different like capsules you could put in it. I thought it was just going to be a volume pedal. No, it was going to have capsules, so it could be different Ooh. things. Uh, but who know? Who knows if that's ever going to happen? Uh, but I would love, like, my dream of dreams is to have a pedal that, when it's not engaged as a wah, then it's a volume. Or you could program it. I know that doesn't Joyo make a little thing like that, but like do one really well, right? Or it could have options with like, like a looper built in, like like a blendable looper, or something like that. Someone could come out with something crazy. There's a ton of space in a normal wall enclosure yeah. to do all sorts of nuts stuff. That's my challenge. Like some some builder out there, go nuts, get really creative with a wall enclosure, and give us something different. Didn't Ernie Ball already do all that? I mean, they've done like they like a delay various or... effects in expression pedals right. or in their volume pedal kind of like concept. But I'm saying like take a, like a take like a crybaby enclosure and do something really weird with it. Like a, like I just said, like 
an expression pedal looper would be crazy where you get to blend something in and out with with an expression what about pedal tremolo when is it gonna be i owned year? a dunlop uh when it, when will be tremolo. the year of the tremolo as far as i'm concerned every year is the year of the tremolo uh i don't know tremolo is one of those things where it seems like two companies a year agree that they're going to put out a tremolo right it's like it's just a like there's a constant like just a couple come out a year there hasn't been a year where it's just like everyone's got a trend this year what if okay so what if we were just completely wrong last week Greta Van Fleet is the future of radio rock and the effect of 2019 is just running direct like running guitar to amp no effects guitar to half stack yeah crank Marshall crank that Marshall a friend of ours is trying to sell a, a crate 4 by 12 and he was asking me how much he should list it for. And it's like the weird thing about 4 by 12s is that they're going to sell for way less than a 2 by 12 Yeah. Who, wait, who do we know that's trying to sell a crate? Cassidy. Oh, why does Cassidy have a crate 4 by 12 I don't know because he used to be a young man and young men buy 4 by 12s I guess. Um, so, yeah, maybe – I mean, it's been people have been on these modeling and small amp kicks, and these you know uh, impulse response boxes on their pedal boards, direct out kicks for the past year or so. Yeah, maybe people will wake up one day and be like, "I just want a big old amp, and I want nothing in between it." I mean, I'm not even saying the amps have to be big. I'm just saying that it's just going to be let's plug plug it in, plug it in. <laughs> So you used to think there's going to be uh, amps with built-in scent packs? Yes. That oh, are fresh in the room. Well, it'd be like that. That'd be a fun. Be like that cinnamon pedal, but you just—it's like a something that's like put around, like around where the tubes are. That as your amp warms up, it just fills the room with lavender. Yeah, yeah. There's a, this little thing that you—a little oil oil burner that you put yeah. next to your tubes. Oh man, that's a fun little joke product we Mar- could put out. Marshall teams up with Young Living. <laughs> Well, MLM no longer stands for multi-level marketing. It stands for Marshall level market, multi-level Marshalls. <laughs> hey, Steve, would you like to uh, like have me come over to your house and you can get a bunch of our friends together and I can do a little presentation? <laughs> we can show you how to make your room smell really nice by turning a half stack all the way up. <laughs> Here's how you get the brown sound and eucalyptus. <laughs> Somebody on one of the groups I'm in the, a, uh, the, a while ago. The Marshall is exciting. The lavender is relaxing. Yeah, somebody posted a while ago how they were uh, they needed to like clean their guitar and they couldn't find their lemon oil like cleaner for uh-huh. guitar. So they just started going through like their wife's like essential oil, like their old old essential oils, uh-huh. and um, found one that has like an orange oil base. So they just used that. And my comment on it was like, "Wait, are you telling us what you did? Are you inviting us to become part of your downline?" <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man! No, no insults to people who listen to this who might sell that stuff, but. When there was that big Ebola scare, there was someone in my in my Facebook life who was a hundred percent boldface claiming that essential oils would cure Ebola. Do I even want? I, 
wake up people like it's aliens that's nonsense that is nonsense <laughs> like if you like the smell of that stuff that's great stop pretending that it cures things that it doesn't cure because it doesn't you don't think ebola can be cured by uh coconut oil that stuff you buy at costco for 16 dollars a pound i don't that think lasts forever and i don't think lavender will do it either at least he'll at least he'll be calm while you're bleeding out of every orifice. Yeah, I'll be so calm. It's like my brains leak out of my eye holes. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of any other. I feel like the wah thing is a straw contender. Like wah is a is a fantastic effect. It's a ton of fun. I think the size of it is prohibitive. I I think that there needs to be like a case available to small builders for them to experiment with a smaller case size. I don't know, man. I'm still coming back. And then back. they could come up with their own guts. I think the effect of 2019 is right there. The phaser? The phaser. I'm a little embarrassed. It's going to be, it's going to be big muffs. The effect of 2019 is going to be big muffs. Is it's, it? It's going to be, it's been that effect every year for 20 oh years now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sorry to disappoint. It's going to be big mess. All right. Uh, let's thank our sponsors for this episode. Thank you, sponsors. Uh, I don't know why I sound so pained about this. Uh, first up, we got Chase Bliss Audio. If Steve doesn't want your money, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Chase Bliss Audio, makers of the Dark World Reverb. Yeah, which we just talked about. The it Condor, which we also just mm-hmm. talked about. The Dark World hasn't left my board since I oh, got really? it. Yeah, it's on there. I still haven't heard that thing. Steve doesn't watch my videos. Well, I'm saying like I haven't heard it in person. Okay. Maybe we'll mess around with it after this. I think yeah, we're going to end fairly early. probably be in bed. It's yeah, already probably. like it's only 8.30. It's only 8. We usually end like at like 10.30. All right, all right, all right. We're having an early night here because it's a New Year's Eve. Yeah. We're going to go get drunk after this. We are? We're going to go watch the balls drop. All right. Chase uh, Bliss Audio. Thank yeah, you for sponsoring us. we got an analog heart, digital brain. Logo's up here. Sometimes uh, they have a digital brain and a digital heart. Yeah, go check them out. Uh, ChaseBlissAudio.com. Super great pedals, all kind. Basically, every category of pedal, they I think they do it now. Chase plus pedals, pedals that are more creative than you are. Take that to the bank. Take that to a bank, and they'll be like, "What do you want me to do with this?" We you write it down on the deposit slip. Yeah, uh, this episode is <laughs> also brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. Uh, we're gonna uh, the thing we're talking about right now is the Slate cable. You got one of those somewhere? Boom. I got a bunch of them up there. There's a slate. <laughs> that was a cool trick. Um, I'll fall down slate. my hand there. All right. Uh, they're, they're sticky. They're heavy-duty feeling. Uh, they stick to your, your table surfaces or your floor surfaces, your wall surfaces. They'll stick to your face. Uh, and make sure that they stay where you leave them, basically. I use them here in the garage studio. Uh when I'm running boards and stuff and pedals for demos, I can lay them out on a table and they're not going to slide off the edge of the table. I can like put them in the, the, uh, the shape that I want on the floor. And I know they're not going to move. They're going to leave where they're going to stay where I left them. Basically. Yeah. yeah. It's the studio professional's choice. 
I just came up with that. There we go. Uh, Pulled that over my Sinusoid.com. They make cables. And smiles. And last but not least, uh, we got Gun Street Wiring Shop. Ryan's still trying to convince (sighs) me to put something from them in my Les Paul, but I got to figure out if that's something I want to do and what uh, I want to do if I want to do it. Split. Split. Split them coils, Steve. Both or just one? I think one is fine. You think two is better? 4K no less. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so we'll see how that. We'll see what transpires with that. I got to figure it out. I still got to put that other kit I have from them in a, another guitar. So. They might have some fancy, fun suggestions for a Les mm, Paul too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, check them out. GunStreetWiringShop.com. Uh, they have all kinds of wiring kits uh, in their store. And if you don't see what you're looking for, hit them up. I actually promoted them today in another group where somebody said like, Hey, I'm looking for, a, well, you know, these kits online from another company work for lefties. And the person who runs that company was like, our kits are not designed to go into left-handed guitars. What? I said, well, you know, that's what? discrimination. You should have hit up gun street wiring shop. They can maybe do something for you. I don't know if they can, but I bet they can. I would be surprised They've if they got to be able to put together a wiring harness for a left-handed person. I'm left-handed. I play right-handed guitar, but I'm left-handed. Apparently, left-handed pots, like, turn the other direction? I don't know. I was trying to picture it. The, the, all it would be is just lining up the pots different for a left-handed configuration because the switch is going to be lined up different. I'm pretty sure... So that turns that way. If I flip it, yeah, I guess it turns the other direction. Yeah, you'd need but a, I think need that's like a not, reverse pot. That's not something. That's not the thing to overcome. The thing to overcome is is it all being flipped around? Oh yeah, in the yeah. enclosure. Well, the per, the the person who operates the shop in question, not Gun Street, but a different company, said that they. At least for their off. You're talking about the company that's that's full of bigots. The company, the company that hates left-handed people, right? Bigots. Uh, they uh, said that they, at least for their off-the-shelf stuff, they don't you they don't none of their off-the-shelf stuff would work for a left-handed guitar. But Gun Street, everything is pretty much can be done custom. So if you're lefty, hit them up. Yeah, what, I what's bet, the worst that could happen? Just I bet no. they'll. T- I'll bet they take care of you. All right, moving on. This next ad was sent by Alex Ray. We got a couple Alex Rays tonight. Uh, this is an who wants to know Axel for this is a <laughs> custom Axel Strat style guitar, four hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> it says rare paint job, Fender Bridge, Fen, like uh, Fender Bridge, Fender Locker Tuners, scalloped compensated brass nut, Floyd Rose tremolo strings, plus hard case with over one hundred picks. Dang, 100 picks. Wait, what's scalloped on this thing? Uh, it says oh, the scalloped nut. compensated brass nut. So I guess that's called a scalloped nut. Did you ever figure out what the purpose of that is? Nope. This is an axle. Yes. Is that all you got to say? This well, is a- an axle. Axle was this brand that came out. They're, like, still, they're still around. Six or seven years ago, something like that. They're in the same booth as uh, Wampler every I know, year. but they, they came to market originally with these crackle finish, like, ridiculous Well, even that was like, relic that, kind of Even look. that was like round three of Axel. Like, they were around before that. Oh, really? Making, like, just junk, like... They've, but after this, they moved to those uh, like single pickup Les Paul Gretschy style things. Yeah, they, after this, they moved to basically making stuff like that, that looked colors. like the uh, slick 
slick guitars that right. GFS sells. So this guy says rare paint job. No, not at all. Yeah, this was the one of their their standard finishes during. It was this like time. this swamp relic. Yeah, where like you're supposed to believe that this was like in an abandoned haunted house for 200 years or something like that. <laughs> But this guy has made what? some modifications. Yeah, actually, I think the bridge is the the fender bridge, fender locking tuners. Like those are both modifications. The normal bridge on this is, uh, I believe, a Wilkinson. Yeah, and this thing has. Which, that being said, is putting a fender bridge on this an upgrade because the Wilkinson is supposed to be like a. I don't know, but this thing has a thing. nice big fat block on it. You can see it through the clear pl- acrylic. Yeah, I do like black the plate. clear black plate, but. Not set those red springs have me intrigued. I don't know anything about they them. They look like plastic. I'm assuming that they have some sort of coating on them that keeps them from giving you like a scrapey, springy sound. Right. I need to put my water over here, which could be here. interesting. Uh, the modification to the nut. I don't know. I I get why people do that. Like, I guess it maybe reduces vibration from string to string. I've never played one. So. Me either. It just kind of looks like something that's going to break to me. It's where they right. like. It's where they uh, sand out or you know file out slots in between the string slots, so the strings are being held What's up by going a, on? like a little thing that's pinching the string instead of like being set into a big. What's bar. going on in this picture above the nut? I don't know. It's like just some wrapped up loose string hanging out. Or like some kind of wire made to like hang it from the wall or something. What is I that? I don't know. Very strange. Um, well, there one big, if you see the one loose string for the, the low E string. Yeah. But there's like this braided plastic covered looking string that looks humongous around the headstock. That's bizarre. I don't understand what I'm looking at I at all. Think, I legitimately think what happened is somebody took the clippings from the other five strings and, and made like them. a bracelet-y looking thing. And that put, could be it. And then put it back on there. Yeah. I don't know why. So I don't know what these guitars go for new these days, the axles. Did you ever look that up? I did. I'll look it up right now. Um, it looks like it, com- it comes with a case. It comes with over 100 picks. Wow. That's at least two worth two weeks worth of picks. At least. I mean, you lose about a dozen of those a day. So just doing the math. Losing, you, lose a, you lose a dozen picks a day. They just disappear. You have to have hundreds of picks to survive. So one of the more standard aged ones. The of aged the, ones? Of the, Tell me aged ones. The one. Bad Waters is on reverb right now. For, That's what they call them. 285. Bad Waters. There's the antique brown for 187. I'll show you an antique brown. You should flush that down before it's going to call your gross euphemism for poop. I guess antique brown. Um, There's not. I mean, there aren't a lot of them. This guy wants 420 for this thing, and it's in Denver. Right. We in the pre-show we ruled out that that's code for marijuana because in Denver you can just buy it. Yeah, you would just sell this. You don't need to. You don't need to, you don't need to like do price codes to be like wink, wink. I'll trade for weed. You can just say like I'll, tra- I'll trade this for weed, right? Yeah, I would. I mean, you would think so, right? Like maybe you can't trade, but even then, like why won't you just turn it turn it into cash? Turn it into cash and turn that cash into weed. All right, I found one of these. Crackle finish. And I've been under the impression recently that weed is not expensive. Like, this isn't. So, these actually, the, 
I'm not going to say they don't have the fender bridge, but they they were not um, this bridge. They weren't the Wilkinson bridge. They were a, a six screw bridge. One of these, I think, failed to sell on eBay at $150 plus shipping. Oh, it did sell. It did sell. $150 plus shipping, so one, like $200. $150 is what I would pay for one of these based on what I've seen from them in the past. They're like a, they're like a weird like novelty, importy, like budget kind of guitar. That's got, got a crazy finish on them. Yeah, it's called, there were a couple, it's called a crackle. There were a couple, it's more than a crackle because it's got this swamp finish, like I talked about, the bad water finish. No, yeah, no, the bad water was their Strat guitars. But I, I was saying like it was a theme of this like water damage sort of thing, you know? It looks like a like the walls in an edgy music video. Right. Like, oh, we're in a really rundown house right now. It's it's a level of relicking and distress distress on a guitar finish that would never occur naturally. Right. Um, but they had a couple different models that I thought were interesting. Like I remember like their single cut model had almost like like a Veritas thing going on. Like a weird body shape a little bit. Oh, okay. And then they oh, they had that weird Yeah, yeah. They had that weird bottle opener flying V concept. Yeah. Anytime there's a bottle opener shape in the body of a guitar, like no deal. It's a bad look, but yeah, this, per- I don't know what this guy's smoking, but he's not getting 420 for this guitar. No, <laughs> the only way he's getting 420 is if the buyer is high on 420. You like what I did there? Do you call, is, do you call weed 420 or is 420 the activity? Because I thought 420 was like the time. I think it's like all of them. I don't think you say like, would you like some 420? And you say, yes, sir, please. I'll have some 420. And you're not refer you're not referring to the weed. You're, I think you could it's say like that. Your, your 420 is like the name of the meal. But I don't think you like, have to. It's cons- like saying lunch or breakfast. Like you, you want to have 420? You're not you're not offering uh, the the substance. You're offering the uh, the time. The time. The event. Any, the event. The event. I don't know, man. I don't know drugs. Let us know. What is 420? Yeah. <laughs> is it is it the actual product? Is it the actual substance? Or is it the observance of consuming? Do you can do you consume 420 brownies? Of the partaking. Or do you just consume brownies at 420? Someone's gonna just be like you're overthinking it, guys. Like, oh, I'm just sure. Re- just relax. Sure. Just right. relax, you bunch of narcs, right? We're just a bunch of squares. <laughs> what was that? I did a rectangle in the air. The way oh, okay. Uma Thurman. Uh, the way what Uma Thurman? Yeah. What, what in in uh, in Pulp Fiction, she oh, she okay. calls someone a square, and instead she does a rectangle. I need to do. I need to watch that one still. I did watch, watch it with your kids. I did watch the Kill Bills. You watched the Kill Bills. Uh, Have you watched the Hateful Eight? I haven't. They I, smash I a guitar a in that one. They smash a, uh, a like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar guitar. Yeah, yeah, an antique. Yeah. Was Hateful Eight better or worse than Ridiculous Six? Ridiculous Six was the Adam Sandler one, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say it was better, okay. but that's not hard to do. Ridiculous Six was like. Come on, guys. Are you really trying to retread Blazing Saddles? Like, come on. You're not going to do better. And they didn't. I watched. Did uh, they do worse? They did worse. Oh. Uh, 
it's easy to do worse than Blazing Saddles, Steve. <laughs> I know. I, I know. mean, come on. It's a classic of cinema. I watched uh, Bird Box last night. I've heard really mixed reviews on that. Here's what I'll say. Uh, I heard it's basically a quiet place. Mixed with a happening. Mixed with sure. different stuff. Um, the thing that's fun about it is that it's like one of the few movies that portrays a an adult talking to children in a realistic way and that she's like this is serious no one does this like everyone is gonna follow my directions please just listen to me like this urgency of like right. please, please don't run in the street and kill yourself but the conversation that parents have with their kids yeah yeah like i haven't seen that in a movie ever of like adults actually talking to children the way that they have to yeah uh, my other critique of it, my other thing to say about it is that the, the monsters, the creatures, the happening, whatever is happening in it, they're just leaf blowers. That's all that's going on. There's just a couple guys in bushes with leaf blowers. There's nothing to see there. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of boring. Did you just spoil the movie. I just spoiled the movie. It's not actual leaf blowers, but that's all you see. It's like, Oh, you're saying like the effect. Yeah. It's the, just leaf oh, blowers. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, it's kind of boring. Great. Great. Yeah. Well, if you're wanting to hear more of this kind of hard-hitting, <laughs> in-depth content, I'd like to invite you to support the show at patreon.com slash 60cyclehumcast. Uh, Steve is going to try to keep it 100 in 2019. Yeah, we would like to get the Patreon up to 100 pledges in order at any level. $1, $2, $4, $5, $10. $50. If we could get... Uh, we're we are currently about forty pledgers short of one hundred. If we could get forty one hundred dollar pledgers, that would be fantastic. That would that, that would be great. That would be a uh, pretty amazing. I'd um, cry. I would cry. Would you cry? Mm-hmm. Real tears. Forty one hundred dollar pledgers. Mm-hmm. I'd cry real tears. Ryan would cry re- real tears. I'd film it too. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but also, like one dollar is fine. But if you want to do a hundred, that's know. my real tier guarantee. Real tier. So anyway, yeah, uh, sixty cycle humcast or uh, patreon dot com slash sixty cycle humcast. Go check that out. Uh, there was probably a, not a link in the show notes. I should put a link in the show notes. Do it. This Write next that down. That'll be topic fun. was uh, was sent in by Bruce Bacon. He basically asks. Um, is Bruce Bacon the new name? No, I, it's no. a it's a different person. I think this person's actual name is Bruce Bacon. Okay, good. I can't um, keep track anymore. He says, "I think we're going to see more amps like the Milkman in the next year." Referring to the Milkman, uh, the amp. Okay. Do you think having the amp on the floor next to your pedals will lead to more stereo amps? I think so. I never thought about it because I've never run stereo rig, but. I think people who are stereo curious, having an increased quality and compact lunchbox style, or even like in the case of the amp, like well, uh, as a four pedal amp, like it definitely opens up those opportunities because now you just have these two amps that sit ne- like at the top of your pedal board or whatever. Yeah. Running into a pair of cabinets that you can put anywhere you want. Having moved to the Solid Studio as my direct in option, my amp simulator option on my pedal board for my church playing. Yeah. 
I could totally see me running two of them, running different settings on each one, and doing like a mixed stereo sound. Okay. For a live rig, and it wouldn't be too hard to do. I just have to get two direct boxes to run into, and uh, tell the the sound guys how to run them. Mm. Just pan left, pan right, and it would be a really easy stereo setup. There's no mics involved. There's no hauling extra gear around. All I'm losing is a sp- an extra spot on my pedal board, which is being filled by redundancy anyways for right. the most part. It's easier than ever to go stereo now with those kinds of options. And there's tons of amp and pedal options now that aren't just like, oh, here's a pedal that sounds like a cranked Marshall. It's like, oh, here's a pedal where you can actually like control the way an amp would sound. Like the clean right, channel yeah. of an amp, yeah. you know? Like I was checking out... Some of the new, uh, I think, Joyo or newer stuff. I can't remember. Uh-huh. At Sweetwater. And it sounded great. They had a, a blackface sound in a box. It was like, I could replace my Princeton with this. It sounds like my Princeton right now. Yeah. Well, the I, thing is, are you, are you talking about, like, the preamp pedals or the IR? Yes, the IRs. The IRs. The, the thing is, is, in both of those cases, like, you would still need to be pairing that with if you're running uh, like to cabs. A power amps to Oh yeah, I mean I guess if you're running direct. For my situation I'm running direct, but also with the way I guess he he led in talking about the amp. From yeah, Milkman, and also like which is is it can drive a speaker. Right. But you yeah, you just do two of the amps and run them both direct. Yeah. You really got to have like a sound person that's on their game if you're going to do but that. But even like with things like the amp and like look at Quilter's whole range. Yeah. They're small. Mm-hmm. You could literally just throw them in the bottom of a cab and not worry about them at all. Like, you could run a stereo rig with two 1x12 cabs and two quilter blocks. So easy. And they would sound great. Yeah. And you could, they're so clean that you could even run an IR thing before them, too. Right. I mean, there's a ton of new options coming out, like options no one's ever had before for this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's not just amps anymore. You don't have to invest in, like, I'm not talking about, like, monetarily invest. I'm talking about, like, real estate, physical size invest yeah. in an amp head anymore. You can get these little boxes that make the same sound. I'm actually surprised we, you don't see more of what you're talking about, too, with, you know... Uh, and I guess it's just a creativity that I never thought about with like the the quilter. What are the like the pedal sized? They have like the quilter oh, yeah, forty five yeah. that is like just it's like in an MXR sized yeah. pedal, but it's like just a class D power amp. Yeah, but you've also got stuff like the blue guitar. Yeah, yeah. amp pedal thing, and there's going to be a ton more of that stuff coming out, mm-hmm. and it's going to give people a way to experience amps in a way they've never experienced them before because it used to be like you buy one amp that's your amp right and maybe you'll buy like a smaller amp that's like your bedroom amp or like a bigger amp that fills a different need yeah but people typically for a long time just weren't trying multiple different kinds of amps in their playing experience they got their one amp and unless there was a major life thing going on they didn't really get more than that and now it's like you can just get these little boxes you can get things you can download stuff into right? and get these very fantastic amp experiences that give you a lot. People are going to start treating amps like effects. They're going to be like pedals. Yeah. 
And what that's going to do is it's going to kill amps in a way. I think there's always going to be people who want like a real combo amp do you think or a real amp, stack. Do you think the... But it's going to be like an amp will just be like another effect on your board. Do you think the IRs or everything like these different technologies are at a point now where they are close enough to being indistinguishable that they're effectively indistinguishable? I mean, it, it really comes into it comes down to how you're using them. Like if you are someone who needs a very specific like tube sag compression or right. tube distortion from a certain kind of amp and you're, you know, you're a connoisseur in that area. Yeah. Like the same way that I'm a, like a connoisseur in like a surfy drip. Yeah. Then it's never going to be just right for you. It'll, it'll be like, oh, this gets close and then I can use this for my gig for on a Tuesday and I'm not going to yeah. haul the full thing, but on my Friday gig where there's going to be a thousand people there, I'll, I'll haul the real thing. But for most people who are experiencing this stuff, they're going to be fine with it. Like yeah, most, I mean, most for, people don't need a surfy drip the way I do. And they're fine with whatever yeah, they get. I mean, realistically for me, um, I guess like it doesn't really matter what amp I use. Cause I never turn it up loud enough for, you know, at the volumes I run my amps, like every amp is the same. It doesn't matter if it's like a matchless, or like a Squire 15R, like they it's all just sound. They all sound exactly the same. You know, low watt like amps run at low volume. They all sound the same. Are you trolling me right now? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right, that was, I'm just kidding. that was a discussion carrying over from a, like a different from a, a group. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, anyway, no, they don't. But like the the point there is like certain things happen when you turn an amp up. Yeah, that don't happen when an amp is lower. I think, and I think, volume. well, so I think there are enough options, and, and you know, I've I was running just in the last year. I went from running the uh, the Wong's Mini Five, right, to just running the Palmer Pocket uh, amp, which is direct. So the the Wong's is a, was a speaker behind the stage, and I actually got to turn that amp up like decently. Like I don't. Oh re- yeah. I don't remember I mean, a how five watt amp you you'll be able to turn it. I don't up remember how loud I turned it up, but it was like enough. It wasn't turned up enough, and uh, to the to the di and like I just for for where for where I'm running, yeah, for like in my in my own personal time, my preference would be to be like in the room running like you know something hot, something that I can feel, you know. Yeah, yeah, you want to um, feel it in your diaphragm, but. But for or in your IUD, whatever you right. use, Steve. Uh, but for a performance, like I just want whatever is going to be the best tool to get the job done. And right now, for like the playing situation I'm in, like the DI definitely like gets that done because like it makes it so that everyone can interact like together. Sure, it's um, a very practical choice. Yeah, but a very effective choice. Yeah, not necessarily the sexiest sound in the world. It's not like the sexiest, like, but it works. It it's works. Like, not, like, like on the edge of tube breakup with that nice tube sag or whatever. Yeah. But you're in a mix. Well, even that, where even it's like, like you're with, crossing your fingers that you're going to be in the mixage. Even with that preamp, like I can set it up in a way where if I, you know, with like the Les Paul, if I switch from the neck pickup to the bridge pickup, like that preamp will yeah. like be being it'll get be getting pushed. Hard now, enough now, to like break up. Getting back to the stereo concept. I just need two of those preamps. Yeah, you just need or you can mix and match so easily. Oh now. yeah. 
Yeah. Like even if you call, I could haul an amp to church uh-huh. and then use the Salt Studio as a second amp to be my stereo option. Yeah. So it's like I could run, I could haul one amp and still have a stereo option. Or you could have two of those, you know, mix and match whatever boxes you want for stereo options. Right. If you and had it's two- like before, if you wanted a stereo amp something, you'd have to haul two yeah, AC-15s. You, you could be hauling two solid studios with different IRs loaded. Exactly. Which would probably sound really fantastic. Yeah. Uh you used to, if you want to do stereo, you'd have to haul two actual amps, which is such a headache. Like it's just so much, like equipment to haul, right? Where you can experiment and fail so much. And it's a fast fail thing where you can experiment and fail and succeed so much quicker now mm-hmm. with these smaller options, with the uh, the milkman, the amp, with these quilter boxes with all these IR boxes, like the sky's the limit. It's going to give so much creativity now. You know, I think the future is really going to be people, uh, mixing all these different amp sounds in creative ways and jumping around from sound to sound mm-hmm. with their helixes and their, you know, their Kempers and stuff like that. Like, Oh, in the lead part, I'm going to completely switch amps or completely switch cabs or something right. like that. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy the technology that's becoming available and how good it sounds. All right. Did I put a button on it? I think that's it. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I think that covers it pretty well. Um, this last ad was sent in by Tim Cornfield. Um, it says... Do you think Tim is his real name? Why not? I don't know. Uh, I was going to lean into Cornfield was a made-up name. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I thought it would be funnier to, to accuse him of having Tim as a made-up name. Oh, okay. Uh, it's uh, Satanic Guitar Parts, $40 for both. See picks. Guitar tuning heads incomplete satanic-looking pickguard with pickups and controls shown. I get a feeling of satanism from this pickguard. Satanism? It says satanism from this pickguard with the writing and stuff on it. Better it says, than velourism, I it guess. It says devil's kids and other and other things, including a Band-Aid. May or may not give you excellent playing abilities and compositions, but at the price of your soul, perhaps. I have no need for this. Pickguard from the 1980s, I believe. It also has a pot sticker on there. Yeah, just out of storage, many years, and working condition unknown. $40 for both as seen. Also very polite-looking cursive anarchy symbol. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> With a nice cute little curl at the top of the, the A. The pot symbol, the pot sticker looks like it's on top of like the old Bones Brigade logo. Yeah. Um, the, but drawn in magic marker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I can't tell what this KB... It was a sticker for something that maybe said like champs. Yeah, it looks like some sort of sports logo. Yeah, I I was trying to figure out what exactly it was, but I can't figure it out. Nor should I bother trying because it's dumb. Uh, it's dumb. How much would you pay for this? How much would you pay for this applesauce headstock? <laughs> yeah, it does have the applesauce headstock with it. We're referring to an applause headstock. Yeah, but the uh, we affectionately budget range. We affectionately refer to them as applesauce guitars. Yes. I mean, we you got a, a loaded pickguard here. Uh, did he say what make the nope. uh, the pickups are? I'm gonna assume they're Mexican. They definitely look like it looks like a. Either a Mexican Strat. It looks like a Mexican Strat. If I was in in need of a loaded pickguard that had the wiring and the switches and the parts and whatnot, 
I'd offer this guy $15. Oh, man, if I was in need of all of those things that you just mentioned, I would save a little more money and get one that I wasn't going to have to clean. Well, I think I'd trash this pit guard. The effort's just not worth it. But like, if I wanted to salvage some parts here, I'd offer this I guy fifteen. I wouldn't trust bucks. any of these parts except the pickups to be salv- in a salvageable mm, condition. Yeah, who I knows? I think you could save the pickups and the knobs. There's and- no way any of this was kept in a smoke-free environment because that, of the is devil. That a sticker? No, or because of the, the devil. The, I'm talking about like brimstone. Oh, that kind of smoke. Yeah, yes, yeah. Brimstone and fire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and. What kind of devil's trick is going on here that there's an applesauce headstock included with it? Why is there a Band-Aid? Because that's where blood was coming out. (laughs) Because of satin. (laughs) Whoever had this pit guard was obviously a satin worshiper. Yeah, a satinist. A satinist. I wonder if my my sister is... I think she might be a satinist. Oh, yeah? She worships satin? I mean, she works for, like, the costuming department at Cirque du Soleil, so there's a good chance. Yep. You should call her on the phone. Are yeah. you a satinist? No, text her. She'll think it's a typo, and, and but you'll mean it. All right. This week's song was sent in by Evelyn Sanders. She says, this track is called Tidal Pools, recorded this summer by the members of Misdemeanor and the Mean Beans. I play guitar and take lead vocals in the song. It's a pretty straightforward single path. Custom strat through an EHX memory toy analog delay on the modulation setting into a Fender Hot Rod Deluxe with just a little bit of the spring drip on top of the delay. The bassist Jesse is playing a Fender Jazz bass into a PV Delta 50 watt. That's a neat little bass rig. Nice. Uh, A little bit of reverb added on vocals and post. Rachel's playing drums. This is an early mix. The song will be released on January 11th through 1212 Records on the Misdemeanor and the Mean Beans new EP, Never Grow Up. I was really happy with the the washed out guitar reverb and the song overall. Thanks for putting on a great show. Can't wait for the new episode. Well, thank you for sending in your song, Evelyn. We will be playing it as soon as we say goodbye. 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 Yeah.
Yeah. Okay. 